You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Episode 24 of the Wide Right Podcast. I am your host, as always, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Coming to you live on a Sunday evening, May 17th. A lot of stuff to get to tonight. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I So last episode, I promised that I was going to go game by game, give my, of the 2020, take a look at the 2020 schedule, go game by game. I'll make a little prediction, discuss every game one by one. I am going to do that because the schedule came out a week ago. I want to get that done. And I said that I was also going to discuss other the NFC East division as a whole. Not just take a look at the Giants, but take a look at the Redskins, Eagles, and Cowboys, their moves that they've made this offseason, and sort of predict how the NFC East is going to shape out and where each team is going to place. I sadly will be postponing that discussion for the time being. Um... Because I want to get... That, that's definitely something I want to discuss. That's definitely a fun topic uh, that I do want to discuss. And... But I have to postpone it for the time being, sadly. Because I want to get to the DeAndre Baker news. Because that's obviously the biggest story of the week. Probably the biggest story since the draft. Um, definitely the biggest story since the draft involving the Giants. And... um. It's just sad. It's just a sad. So basically, new uh, this is all stemming from an incident that allegedly occurred on Wednesday of this past week, May thirteenth, and uh, DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar were at a cookout. An argument apparently broke out, and the Miramar, Florida Police Department tweeted out that arrest warrants this tweeted out on Thursday evening that arrest warrants had been issued for both Baker and Dunbar. Baker is now facing four counts each of armed robbery with a firearm and aggravated assault with a firearm. Uh, apparently came away with a significant amount of cash. Um, you know, watches. Apparently they had been gambling that week and had lost a good amount of money. And, um, you know, Baker was gambling, apparently, instead of attending the Giants' virtual voluntary minicamp. So, there's that. And now they're facing heavy-duty charges. And now Baker... I, it's The aggravated assault charges are up to the judge, as far as the punishment is concerned. But if Baker is convicted of armed robbery with a firearm, it is mandatory minimum 15-year prison sentence for each count. So if he's innocent on three counts of armed robbery with a firearm, but he's guilty on one, he's got 15 years in prison. At least. Mandatory minimum. So is his 
Giants and NFL future in jeopardy? Absolutely. 100% absolutely. The Giants even told so he he finally turned himself into um he finally turned himself in to Broward County Jail Saturday and then was granted 25 grand for each count bail. So it was $200,000 in total was the uh, was the bond and he uh, I believe he's I I believe he's home. He's out of jail now. I believe he posted it, posted the bond. Um Post of the bill, rather, and the Giants have since told him to stay away from their virtual meetings so he could focus on his legal matter. That makes his future with the Giants very much unclear because who knows when this we don't know when this matter is going to be resolved. So, since we don't know when this matter is going to be resolved, we don't know when he's going to when the Giants are going to let him back into the virtual meetings or back into eventual, hopefully, in person meetings and in person on field practices and games and all that. We don't know. We have no idea. Who knows how long this process is going to take? So we we may not see DeAndre Baker at all in 2020. Who knows? Literally. We may never see him play for the Giants or anybody again. It's sad. It really is. And I understand. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to give my opinion straight up. I understand why people may be getting a little annoyed at people blaming Dave Gettleman. I understand that Dave Gettleman wasn't the, isn't the one that's being accused of armed robbery and aggravated assault. I understand Dave Gettleman wasn't at that cookout that Baker was at. But if you're a general manager in this league and you draft someone, if you trade up, they gave up three draft picks to trade up in the 2019 draft to take Baker number 30 overall. If you give up three draft picks, trade up to get a cornerback who had character issues in college, he was he was the best corner, he was arguably the best cornerback in that draft, was the top, was won the Jim Thorpe Award in 2018 for the nation's top defensive back in college football. And the reason he dropped on the draft board was because of his character issues. So if you if you're a general manager and you give away three picks to trade up, when you're a rebuilding franchise, mind you, give away three picks to trade up, take a kid who has character issues, and then a year later he gets arrested, four counts each, armed robbery and aggravated assault aggravated assault, both with a firearm. As a general manager, you're going to look bad. That's how it works. Dave Gettleman right now, despite the fact that he wasn't involved with what Baker allegedly did at this cookout on Wednesday night, or just Wednesday, I don't know, I forget forget what time it was the acts allegedly occurred, but regardless of the fact that Dave Gettleman wasn't involved in what was going on at that cookout, he still looks bad. It's still not a good look for him. And could Gettleman afford any bad looks this offseason? No, not at all. He is entering one of the most crucial, arguably the most crucial season of his career. If he shows, if he can't show this season that he can lead an NFL front office and lead an organization to success, he's gone. I said it. If the Giants don't win at least three games out of the first five, I think he's done. I think he's gone. 
every important every decision Gettleman has made and will still make this offseason is absolutely crucial to him and his career in the NFL. And he can't afford to make any mistakes, and he can't afford to look bad in any circumstance. And guess what? This DeAndre Baker situation makes him look bad. I understand everyone's like, you know, why do we gotta, you know, why do Giants fans gotta point the finger at every time, you know, anytime something goes wrong, Giants fans point the finger at Dave Gettleman? Well, every time they point the finger at Dave Gettleman, it's reasonable. There are so many instances where Dave Gettleman could be at fault one way or another. I'm not saying this thing is exact is exactly his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault that DeAndre Baker allegedly committed these terrible and horrifying acts. I'm saying it's his fault that he overlooked the fact that DeAndre Baker had character issues and he still drafted him. And now a year later, look what's happened. He was very much a below-average corner his first year in the league. Multiple circ- multiple, um, multiple times on the field was just showing piss-poor effort. Uh, reportedly fell asleep during meetings. Basically admitted after the Giants' Week 9 loss to the Cowboys that he didn't know the plays yet. Even though you, you, you'd been playing nine regular season games at that point. Plus training camp, plus preseason, plus, you know, the rookie minicamp and all that, and OTAs, and you had the playbook for that long, and you still didn't know the plays? There were too many negatives with Baker in one year. And part of it is Gettleman's fault. It's not Gettleman's fault that Baker makes the decisions he makes. It's Gettleman's fault that he's a part of the organization in the first place. But at the end of the day, we got to let the facts come out. Right now, it's all alleged, as it as it as it always is with something like this. Anything that goes to trial, it's all alleged. It's it's innocent until proven guilty. We all know this. But you know, as I said. Four counts of armed robbery. If he's convicted of one of those and he's guilt and he's innocent on three, he's still going to jail for fifteen years, at least. But it's just a sad it's a it's a sad situation. And I was rooting for DeAndre Baker this year. I really was. I didn't think he played great last year, but it's not like I'm not rooting for him to improve this year. I'm always rooting for guys to improve. This is their careers. This is how they make their money. How they, you know, make their money to support their families. All that. I'm always rooting for people to improve. But if he never gets another chance again, that's it's just it's a sad situation. It really is. And yes, you're allowed to point the finger at Dave Gettleman here. I'm not saying completely blame him for everything that's happened in the last couple of days, you know, stemming from this May thirteenth incident, but you know, he gave up three picks to draft a guy who had character issues. And a year later he's Facing all these charges wouldn't be a good look for. It's not just it's it's not just you know limited to Dave Gettleman. It would be a bad look for any general manager. Absolutely bad look for any general manager. So, but we gotta let the facts come out. Um, I'm sure we'll find out more about the situation soon enough. For right now, Baker is not at virtual meetings with the team. 
He's got to deal with this, you know, serious legal matter. And, you know, we'll find out soon enough what happens. So, but until then, all we can really do is wait. You know, read the information as we receive it. Stuff like that. But all right. Enough of that. Want to get into... So the week-by-week... My week-by-week predictions for the 2020 um, Giants season... When the schedule came out, I thought it was a little weird. It's a little not weird. I was actually kind of happy about it, but it was different that they don't play uh, the Cowboys week one in Dallas. I was thinking it was going to be you know 4:25 p.m. Fox, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. You know, America's game of the week. That's how it usually is. Um, they don't. They open up week one against the Steelers at home on Monday night. Um. That's weird. It's 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 just weird. It's different. It's different. I don't hate it. I'm just saying it's a it's a different sort of feeling. The Giants opening up on Monday night against the Steelers. It's just I don't know. And to be honest, I don't. Now that I think about it, I don't love them opening up on Monday night because once that first Sunday rolls around, I want to watch the Giants. You know, all there's you know so much football going around. Nobody nobody has bye weeks, so there's. Obviously, there's so many games on Sunday. There's, you know, you do football. Everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. Football's back. And uh, this year we gotta we gotta wait till Monday night to watch Big Blue. But in that Week One game, um, I believe it's gonna be a close one against the Steelers for the first two and a half quarters or so. But um, Pittsburgh's gonna pull away. Listen. Steelers finished fifth in total defense last year. That's probably going to be a tough task, I feel like, for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, It'll be a big test for Ben Roethlisberger as well because he's returning from injury. The injury he had last year that sidelined him for most of the year. Uh, But I think he'll... And it's weird. Like, you don't know what you're going to get out of Big Ben coming off a big injury like this. Um, But, you know, he's he's a future Hall of Fame quarterback in my book. You know, two-time Super Bowl winner. I think been to three. Yeah, been to three Super Bowls. One, two. Um, so I think Pittsburgh will pull away in this one. I think it'll be twenty-four to ten. Steelers the final score. So Giants dropped zero and one. Then week two they go to the Bears. Now this Giants offense will have a tough time on the road against the Bears, uh, regardless of what quarterback they face, because I feel like you know they they lost to Trubisky last year, and I know a Trubisky. Takes a lot of heat. And, uh, you know, they've, they've lost to Nick Foles in the past. Obviously, Nick Foles was in Philadelphia. And, yeah, I mean... Actually, have they lost to Nick Foles? I don't even know if they played Nick Foles. I think they may have only played against Carson Wentz. But I could be wrong on that. I gotta go back to... So that'll be 2017... Yeah, I think Carson Wentz was still playing at that point, but I could be wrong. And then, but anyway, so I believe this defense, they'll have a tough time on the road, but I think at the end of the day, I think they'll be able to to contain the Bears offense. Um, I say the Giants win this one by seven, and um, they'll get their first win of the year and prove to one and one. And then still got to look that up. I, I, I... I don't remember. It's a couple years ago at this point. A couple years ago. Anyway, um, week three versus the 49ers at home. 
Giants will have an extremely tough time on both sides of the ball versus the defending NFC champions. Uh, Jimmy G doesn't have the best game, but, you know, Jimmy G, this is a great team, obviously, in the Super Bowl last year. We're leading in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy G, it's one of those teams where the quarterback doesn't need to be great. Jimmy G doesn't need to be great at all. So he's not in this one, but he doesn't need to. I think, I think San Francisco will be too much for the Giants to handle. And I think San Francisco wins this one by a significant amount. Giants drop to one and two. And then week four at the Rams. I mean, the Giants have a tough schedule to begin with. I mean, oh my. Yeah, Steelers, Bears, 49ers, Rams, Cowboys, first five games. That's tough. Anyway, week four in L.A. in that new stadium in Inglewood. Uh, despite a struggling season overall last year, uh, Rams still had a top ten offense. And I think they'll put it on display against the Giants. I really do. I believe Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, excuse me, will ha- uh, also have his way against an improving offensive line. Hopefully, improving offensive line. I think Giants lose this one, fall to one and three. Week five at the Cowboys. Uh, I think the Giants will come into Dallas um, with a ton of motivation. When it's first, they want they'll want to win their first division matchup of the year, and I think they actually pull it off on the road. Um, I, you know, Barkley will have a big game here against a solid run defense, and it becomes, you know, it'll be a high-scoring matchup. I think Daniel Jones and Dak will battle it out. I think, uh, again, Barkley has a big game, and I think the Giants pull away in a thriller, 34-31, something like that. You know, maybe, you know, 31-27, 31-28, you know, along those lines, and they'll improve to 2-3. and three. It'll be their first win against the Cowboys since, what, 2016? I think late in the year, 2016, so that's... Obviously a big victory. Week 6, Washington. Uh, the Giants haven't had any issues with Washington as of late. I don't think they will this time around. They've uh, beat them in three consecutive matchups, and they'll make it four. They'll have no time stopping Dwayne Haskins. A two-game win streak will put the Giants at 3-3. Three and three. Week 7, Philadelphia. Thursday night football, and of course, it's at the link. It's always got to be any of these big primetime games. I feel like there was one primetime game against the Eagles that was at MetLife. It was a couple years ago. Uh, Giants got crushed. It was, I think, yeah, it was week six maybe of 2018. I got to look that up. But it was it was at MetLife, which I was surprised about. I feel like all these, anytime the Giants played, have played uh, Philly, in a primetime game. I feel like it's always at the link. Um, it's like in the uh, the years when they had Michael Vick. Anytime it was a big primetime game, it was always at the link. So, and those those games, I've never been more, you know, growing up as a Giants fan, I have never been more scared to face an opponent, for the, for the Giants to face an opponent, than um, the Michael Vick uh, Eagles. It, it was just... Obviously, what happened in 2010, not going to go into it, um, you know, just, it's not a good feeling. I, I never, I hated when the Giants faced them, because I knew, I knew the, the Eagles, and the, they would always be sort of, kind of neck and neck, and then it would be a, a big win for the Eagles, late, it would, you know, Eagles would pull away late in the game, something like that, and, you know, it was just, it never sat well with me. But anyway, so, at Philly, Thursday Night Football. Um, as I've said, primetime game in Philadelphia feels exactly like you know a loss for the Giants, and I think that's what will occur. Uh, they won't be able to keep up with the Carson Wentz-led offense. You know, ho- hopefully Carson Wentz is healthy. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I hope Carson Wentz is hurt. I never hope anyone's hurt. Um, 
you know, whether it's a division rival or not. Hopefully Carson Wentz is playing and he's healthy, 100%. And I don't think the Giants will be will be able to keep up with this Carson Wentz-led offense as the losing streak against the Eagles hits eight. That's right, seven straight losses against the Eagles, and it's going to hit eight. Unbelievable. And then week eight, Tampa Bay met at um, Monday Night Football, MetLife. Perfect, perfect, perfect game for the Giants to retire Eli Manning's number at halftime and induct him into the Ring of Honor. Hopefully there are fans there. Um, I'd love to see the Giants do that with Tom Brady in the building, with Gronk in the building. I'd love it. And um, as far as the game is concerned, obviously the Giants have fared well against Tom Brady in the past. We all know this. Um, But this time around, that won't be the case. And, you know, right now with the Giants possibly, potentially not having one of their, you know, one of their slated starting corners, Baker, not playing, possibly. Um, I think the uh, the defensive backfield is going to be one of those games where the, where the secondary has a tough time keeping up. Uh, the Bucks obviously have a very talented receiving core in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And um, as I said before, now they have Gronk. And I think that, you know, them with Brady are going to overwhelm the Giants' secondary. And uh, I don't think the Giants are going to be able to keep keep up with them. And I believe they drop to 3-5. and five. And then Week 9 at Washington. And uh, I believe the streak against Washington continues. You know, I don't think it'll be a blowout. As remember... Last season, the Giants needed to go deep into overtime to beat the Redskins. Late in the year, they needed to, you know, they needed a lot. They they needed overtime to beat them. So it's not like the Giants are that much better than the Redskins, despite the fact that they've beaten them the last couple of times. And uh, in this one, I think the Giants it'll be a close battle. But I think the win streak against Washington extends to five. I just I don't see the Giants. It's 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 weird because like I it, there's so many games I don't see the Giants winning, but then they face Washington and I don't see them losing. So I I just I just don't. So I think the Giants' win streak against Washington extends to five, and the Giants will improve to four and five on the year. And then Week Ten, uh, back against Philly uh, at MetLife, and this is when the streak ends. Giants will come in. Extra motivation. And in front of this MetLife Stadium crowd, we'll finally get it done. It'll, it'll be a tight battle. Um, kind of more of a mid-scoring game. Maybe like 24-20, 27-21, something like that. And the Giants will improve to 5-5 five and five in front of their home fans. Hopefully in front of the fans. Okay, week 11. That's the bye week. Week 12. And this is totally, despite the fact that Cincinnati was the worst team in the league last year, this is totally, totally, 100% a game the Giants lose. Uh, it's just one of those games. Uh, the Giants will fail to win. It's a very winnable game on the road, but they won't be able to do it. Uh, Joe Burrow, number one overall pick, will snag a big win. Giants will drop to 5-6. and six. Week 13 at Seattle, West Coast. Two-game losing streak commences for the Giants because as there will be no match for the talented Seahawks, I do not see them winning this game against you know Russell Wilson and the Seahawks team whatsoever. Um, at you know in Seattle, 
Very tough place to play on the road in the NFL. Um, again, if there's fans. And I think, you know, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks will overwhelm the and the Seahawks will overwhelm the Giants young secondary. Uh, en route to a double digit a, a Vic, they're gonna I believe the Seahawks will win by double digits. So with that the Giants will drop to five and seven. Week fourteen versus Arizona. The Cardinals there I have two sleeper teams for the twenty twenty season. One, Denver. I think they have a good roster, and I think, um, you know, they have a good quarterback in Drew Locke. I think he will be good. He's still got to develop 100%, but you know what? Now they have two good running backs in um, in Melvin Gordon and in uh, Philip Lindsay, obviously. So, and they have a good defense. So, I I think they ha- he has a lot of help around him, and I think... He'll be able to get it done, and like, and my number two team, my number two sleeper team, is the Arizona Cardinals. I think they have an emerging quarterback in Kyler Murray. I'm a big, I'm big on Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be great. I don't think, I don't know if he'll be good for a while, a long while. He's going to need to cut the scrambling down because that doesn't exactly last. I think the same way about Lamar Jackson. I think the scrambling needs to be cut down. Like what Russell Wilson did, um, you know Russell Wilson hasn't run as much as he did, you know, earlier in his career. But I still think Kyler Murray is going to be very good, and I think the Cardinals are going to be a sleeper team in 2020. So this matchup, this is going to be very tough for the Giants. Um, ultimately, I think this defense is going to struggle against Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and I think Isaiah Simmons will have a big game against a team that passed on him in the draft. I think the Giants will lose, you know, 24-14, something like that. And uh, drop to five and eight on the year. Okay, so week fifteen, big game, big game, big one against the Browns at home. The return of Odell to MetLife. The fact that this isn't a primetime game, I maybe 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 if either team like both teams are good late in the year, they'll flex this game to Sunday night. But I don't see either team. Um, I see the Browns possibly being good. But I don't see the Giants being, you know, being eligible in a sense for to be flexed to Sunday night. But the Giants will use the return of OG, OBJ to come out firing on all cylinders against a talented Cleveland team. I don't think it will be a blowout, but I could see Jones having a huge game. Um, he'll win his first battle against Baker Mayfield. Uh, expect Jones to throw for around. 300 yards, three scores, something like that. Uh, Giants will win this one and prove to 6-8. and eight. If there are fans, will fans boo Odell? Maybe. I believe there are some that will that won't. Don't forget a lot of, don't forget what he did for the organization, but I believe there are some who are ticked off at his antics, ticked off at him, you know, kind of throwing shots here and there at the organization and um, not really throwing shots at the organization, but you know what I mean, like Opening his mouth here and there, you know, it's. I just think pe- people are sick of it, so maybe he'll get some booze, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If there's fans, we'll see. Week 16 at Baltimore, no shot. The Giants are winning in th- winning this one. I think Baltimore is way too talented. Um, you know, obviously with Lamar Jackson, I don't think they're going to be. I think they'll overwhelm the Giants' defense the entire game. Um, the 2019 MVP Jackson will have his way the entire game. I don't think this one is even close. Giants lose and drop to 6-9 and nine on the year. 
And then finally, week 17, to put a stamp on the 2020 season, the Giants fall to the Dallas Cowboys after ousting them in the first matchup. It'll be the Cowboys' final win of the year uh, prior to their second postseason appearance in three years. The Cowboys won the division in 2018, made the postseason in 2019. They missed out on it. Giants will play them close. Um, I think Jones and Barkley in the offense will have big games, um, big, you know, big performances. But um, ultimately, you know, I just don't see. I, I just if the Giants are going to beat the Cowboys in twenty in twenty twenty, I think it's once. I don't. I think it's a stretch to say that they'll sweep them twice. And um, I think, you know, they'll drop the six and ten with this loss. They'll prove from the twenty nineteen season, but just you know, by two wins, that's it. So I just. I don't. I don't see the Giants winning this one. I really don't. I. I. I believe they'll win the first. They'll believe. They'll. They'll win one of the two. But. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see them winning both. And by the way, Nick Foles did play against the Giants week. Week 15, 2017. All right. So he has played against the Giants. I couldn't remember if that was Carson. I. I couldn't remember if that was. That was a. That was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I couldn't remember if that was Carson who. If. If. if Wentz had gotten hurt by then. I knew he got hurt late in the year. Maybe the week before was when Wentz got hurt. Um, so, but, anyways. And then, one little thing I want to talk about. One little thing before I let you, before I end episode 24 and look towards episode 25 is the uh, USA Today came out with their predictions uh, for the NFL, uh, the 2020 season. Basically, just predicting you know, every team's record, where they would finish in the standings, and they have the Giants as the worst team in the league. Hundred serious. I'm dead serious. I'm looking at it right now. They have the Giants finishing two and fourteen. Twenty twenty NFL predictions USA Today got Cowboys NFC Cowboys winning the NFC East ten and six. Eagles nine and seven. Um you know, Saints and the 49ers, top two teams in the NFC twelve and four records, and then Chiefs and Ravens top two teams in the AFC. Chiefs at twelve and four, Ravens thirteen and three. They got a couple weird though, like weird predictions, like Panthers three and thirteen. I don't know if the Panthers will be that bad. Bears three and thirteen, Lions seven and nine. That's pretty on point. Um, Rams six and ten. That's that's a little. I don't know if the Rams are gonna lose ten games. Uh, Jaguars three and thirteen. I could see that they'll get the number. That would give them the number. I don't know what that would give them. To be honest, I mean other teams are three and thirteen, so maybe the second, third, or fourth pick, you know, would be one of those three. But Giants would be. They have the. They they're projecting the Giants to get the number one overall pick, worst team in the league. They're projecting them at two and fourteen. There's no other team at two and fourteen. No no one at one and fifteen or Owens. It's Giants are projected to be the worst team in the league. Now, they get the number one pick. Who would they take? Take another offensive lineman? Take, I I said this. Now, I love Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be the future of this organization. But if they're that bad and they get the number one pick, Jones is horrible next year. Gettleman's out. A new GM comes in. Does the GM draft a quarterback? You have to think he considers it. You have to think he considers if he's in the position 
where if Jones had a horrible year, they were the worst team in the league. The GM, this a new GM comes in and they he didn't agree with you know the selection of Jones in the first place, and he wants Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I mean, you have to assume they may, you know, consider it. So, but I think, I think that may be a stretch. But I think that if the Giants got the number one pick. It would be they they probably take. I think the uh, the tackle from Oregon. Yeah, Penai Sewell. So he would team up with his old uh, teammate in um, Shane Lemieux, Giants rookie guard who uh, just, um, you know, was just drafted in the fifth round of this year's draft. So, but let's hope the Giants aren't that bad next year. I don't think they're going to be playoff team, but let's just hoping they're not 2-14. But anyway... As for that, thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 24 of the Wide Right Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Catch all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, as well as Megaphone. Um, Again, apologies that we couldn't get to the NFC East discussions. We'll try to get to that next episode. But I definitely wanted to talk about the schedule as, as, um, as well as the DeAndre Baker news. But until next time, as always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks.